0: You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. I said good day. Man, that new negotiator at the White House is rough. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. But I like it. I got the feeling that something right. Nobody. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how i get down the stairs. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is The Bradcast, as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM, people-powered radio in L.A., also in California, in Red Bluff and Redding, on KFOI and Round Mountains KKRN. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's Queso, and Eugene's KEPW. Lanchester, Pennsylvania's W News, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, I will have a few words about Ohio today, I think. Also in Palin- Palinville, New York, on WLPP, Rochester, New York's WRFZ, down in New Orleans on WHIV, out in Gallup, New Mexico, on KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, in Seattle on KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's W A-D-R-N, Minneapolis, St. Paul's, AM 950 KTNF We also stream coast to coast and around the globe every day on the internet it's on the Progressive Voices channel Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans NicoleSandler.com Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising No Lies Radio, Burton Square Radio Detour Talk and most of your favorite podcast sites Blanketing Planet Earth I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger journalist, troublemaker, muckraker and all around swell fellow There's no denying it <laughs> says me from uh, bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us today once again. That uh, chortle you heard in the background (laughs) is the delightful Ms. Desi Doyen. How are you, Desiree? Doing okay. We uh, We have been warning you, or at least giving you a heads up on this, for the last week or so, but it is now official. The U.S. cannot borrow any more money to pay its bills until Congress gives the Treasury Department the okay to do so. It's a simple vote. Nothing else is needed. No money needs to be shuffled around or spending change. In fact, changing our spending wouldn't actually help because this is not about spending. This is about paying for what we have already spent. This is about covering our bills. And even now, there is no need to act immediately. It would be prudent to do so. It would actually save us money for those who are really concerned about how much the U.S. spends each year. But we can survive for a few months without doing uh, really anything at all, and I suspect that is almost certainly what we will have to do as the new Republican Congress plays a game of chicken with the full faith and credit of the United States government so they can put on a show for their duped supporters to pretend that they actually care About the size of government, about the national debt, the national debt that, yes, they helped to create bigly in particular when they cut taxes on corporations and the wealthy during the Trump presidency, blowing up that national debt in the bargain. And then because they are shameless, you know, refusing to agree to raise the debt ceiling. Refusing to raise how much money the nation can borrow to pay off its debts, even though back when a Republican Donald Trump was in the White House, they had no problem doing it at all. They created the problem. And then they refused to fix the problem. They, they did so at the time. They fixed it at the time when Trump was in office with no strings attached. They raised the debt ceiling because they had no interest in embarrassing a Republican president or drawing attention to how much Republicans themselves caused us to reach the debt ceiling when we did in 2019 was the last time i believe this happened the completely arbitrary uh, debt limit the the legal limit on how much money the us can can borrow by law through the issuance of federal bonds by huge tax cuts is how they made that debt come that da date come much earlier huge tax cuts that they put in place Tax cuts uh, that limited how much revenue that the government actually takes in via taxes. When they lowered incoming revenue with those massive tax cuts in 2017 and failed to pay for them, well, they made the need to borrow more money come much sooner. They claimed that those tax cuts would pay for themselves somehow. They always do through what some, you know, responsible-ish republicans when we had them used to describe as voodoo economics cut taxes and some magical thing will happen that uh, happens to somehow in increase Revenues When the taxes are lowered, it never actually happens, but that's been the pretend Republican economic theory, at least since Ronald Reagan came to office, slashed taxes and raised spending at the same time and began to blow up the annual deficit and the national debt in the bargain. It is the opposite, the opposite of fiscal responsibility or even conservatism. As the word used to be defined.
1: In the old days.
0: Back when reality meant something.
1: And words, too.
0: But that's what Republicans, uh, doing favors for corporations and rich people, now like to pretend that uh, conservatism means. So they can keep doing those favors for those wealthy people and those corporations and they can keep exploding the national debt in the bargain and keep blaming Democrats for it. Whenever a Democrat is in the White House and Republicans hold a majority in at least one chamber of, com- uh, of Congress, even though when Democrats are in the White House, they tend to shrink the national debt.
1: It's true. Believe it or not, it's true. Look it up.
0: Unfortunately, what all of this also means is that Republicans have become more and more radical and extreme and have gotten... Uh, higher and higher on their own supply, and they have become more and more inclined to believe their own lies to the point where many of them do not even know that they are lying anymore about all of this. They have become more willing to threaten to tank the entire U.S. and global economies in this game of chicken, pretending that they care. What they, what they care about is decreasing the deficit. But, of course, only by lowering spending, not by increasing revenue through taxation on those corporations and those rich people whose taxes have now already been cut to the bone. Because this is not about debt. They don't actually care about the national debt. They care about cutting spending. But only spending on stuff that they don't like, stuff that, you know, helps people, helps Americans who are not necessarily rich, like cutting Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid, stuff, you know, that actual average Americans need and count on and have spent their whole lives paying into.
1: But does not actually benefit any
0: particular corporation's private profits. Yeah, that's a problem, isn't it, though? They don't want to cut things, you know, that they could cut, like military spending or subsidies to fossil fuel companies, the most profitable companies on Earth. They want to cut spending on stuff that you need and, God forbid, they don't want to raise taxes, at least not on wealthy people and corporations, to decrease the national debt which they are so good at acting like they care about. If you care about the national debt, then, yeah, one way to decrease it is to decrease spending. Another way is to increase revenues. But they don't care about that. If they did, they could actually do something about it. But they don't, so they won't. What will happen between now and the time that Republicans finally do agree to raise this artificial legal debt limit in order to pay for the stuff that we have already bought? Well, all of this is purely performative on uh, on their part. It is political. It, it will please their base voters as long as their base voters do not figure out how much this game of chicken will actually cost them via the increase in interest rates for the U.S. debt that we have to pay, whether we raise that limit, uh, that debt limit or not. Uh, You know, based on uh, the the revelations that the U.S. is, is not a reliable fiscal partner anymore, which means that, well, the cost of borrowing is going to go up because we become a riskier bet.
1: A subprime borrower, as it were.
0: So this is all going to cost us more money to borrow more money because of all of this and our uh, markets, our stock markets and so forth will fall. Perhaps they will even crash the longer the GOP plays this dangerous game, costing everyone money, including, by the way, their rich friends. But that's the game that we are now playing. Welcome to it. That's the game that the Republicans are now playing. It helps no one and it hurts everyone. And, of course, none of it is about either spending or debt in truth, no matter how much they will pretend that is the case for the next several weeks and months as we inch closer to the point of no return and the first ever default on U.S. debt in American history. As the AP reported on Thursday, the countdown towards a possible U.S. government default officially began on Thursday with the Treasury Department implementing special accounting measures as a stopgap, while the friction between President Joe Biden and House Republicans raised concern about whether the U.S. can sidestep an economic crisis. Now, to be clear, the friction between Joe Biden and House Republicans is because Republicans are creating friction. There is none that is based on anything other than the performative efforts and tactics by House Republicans. A simple vote, as has happened dozens of times, scores of times, uh, for decades to raise the debt ceiling with no strings attached, well, that would end this brinkmanship immediately. The friction only exists because the House Republicans are hoping to hold that vote Hostage to other stuff that they want that is in no way related to raising the nation's borrowing limits so that we can pay for the things that Congress and presidents of all parties have already agreed to buy. And it all, of course, needs to happen sooner than it would have because Republicans drastically lowered the amount of revenue that comes into the federal government when they controlled both houses of Congress and the White House and permanently slashed taxes for corporations and the wealthy who did not need to have their taxes cut. In fact, they needed to have them raised so we could avoid having to borrow money, uh, more money, uh, this quickly. At the very least, the Treasury Department, according to AP, told congressional leaders it has started taking so-called extraordinary measures as a stopgap to continue paying our bills for a while as the government has run up against its legal borrowing capacity of about thirty one trillion dollars. As AP notes, that is a, quote, artificially imposed cap as the debt ceiling has been increased roughly 80 times Since the 1960s, 80 times without once having to default markets, uh, AP reports so far remain relatively calm, given that the government can temporarily rely on accounting tweaks to stay open and any threats to the economy would still be several months away. Even many uh, worried analysts assume there will be a deal. Even as the brinkmanship by Kevin McCarthy and his Republican caucus increased the risk that the government could default on its obligations for political reasons. That could rattle financial markets, plunge the world's largest economy into a preventable recession. That's AP talking again. That's not me. Biden and McCarthy have uh, several months now to reach agreement as the Treasury Department imposes measures to keep the government operating until at least June. Biden insists on a clean increase to the debt limit so that existing financial commitments can be sustained. McCarthy is calling for negotiations that he believes will lead to spending cuts. It's unclear how much he wants to trim and whether fellow uh, Republicans would support any deal after a testy start to the new Congress that required 15 rounds of voting to elect McCarthy a speaker in the first place. Asked twice on Wednesday if there was evidence that House Republicans can ensure the government will avert a default, White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre said it's their, quote, constitutional responsibility to do so. And she is right. Congress, Congress, not the executive branch, is in charge of the purse strings. They, not the president, have the ability to end this madness immediately. They, not the president, however, will attempt to drag this out as long as they can and put the financial well being of the nation and everyone in it at risk. The Republican leader in the Senate, Mitch McConnell, said on Thursday that he was unconcerned about the situation because debt ceiling increases are, quote, always a rather contentious effort. America must never default on its debt, McConnell said, predicting, quote, we'll end up in some kind of negotiation with the administration over what the circumstances or conditions under which the debts are going to be raised. Democratic Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said, quote, there should be no political brinkmanship with the debt limit. It's reckless for Speaker McCarthy and MAGA Republicans to try and use the full faith and credit of the U.S. as a political bargaining chip. For the record, as AP reports, and I'm not sure I knew this before or not, the debt ceiling was originally a fix made during World War I. It enabled bonds to be issued to pay for the war without requiring repeated congressional approvals for each sale of bonds to help pay for the war at the time. But as AP notes, in an era of polarization and rising debt loads, the limit has been transformed into a political bludgeon. Well, at least by Republicans. They note it does not reflect the actual capacity of the federal government to borrow simply how much it is legally able to do so without congressional sign off. Now, what happens if these so-called extraordinary measures to keep us going until uh, we have this simple vote of Congress? uh, What happens, you know, basically, well, we move accounts around uh, we don't make certain contributions to certain government worker retirement and health care funds for a while. As all of this is hopefully worked out, what happens when those extraordinary measures by the Treasury Department are exhausted, however, without a debt limit deal? Well, that, as AP describes it, is unknown because it's never happened before. A prolonged default would most likely be Devastating. AP notes with crashing markets, panic driven layoffs, if confidence evaporated in a cornerstone of the global economy, that would be the U.S. Treasury note. Unlike the 2011 showdown on this, that's the last time there was a showdown over the debt limit because there was a Democrat once again in the White House and Republican control of Congress. The uh, unlike that 2011, the Federal Reserve is already, in this case, actively raising interest rates to lower inflation, meaning that recession fears are already elevated among consumers and businesses and investors, even before Republicans put a gun to the head of the full faith and credit of the U.S. dollar with this idiocy. Economists at, Wall, uh, at uh, Wells Fargo on Thursday wrote in an analysis, quote, to some extent, the extraordinary measures are the backup plan. And once those are exhausted, the next step is a major question mark. So, yeah, uh, buckle up for the uh, question mark, because I suspect Republicans are now going to push this as absolutely long as they can. And this time, perhaps even longer than that. Unless a handful of not insane Republicans in the House and the Senate agree to work with all the Democrats in each chamber to simply pass a clean debt limit increase and end this wholly unnecessary self-inflicted threat to the U.S. economy and to the nation and even to the world because that's Apparently, that's how Republicans roll these days, and we all just have to tolerate it. So are there a few not insane, theoretically moderate Republicans left in the House and the Senate who could work with Democrats to make this problem go away? I don't know. We will see. But whatever happens, I do hope that American voters remember it by the time we get to our elections in 2024. And frankly, even those that are coming up uh, before then in 2023, like in Virginia, this November, as we discussed a little bit on uh, yesterday's broadcast, where the so-called not insane, theoretically moderate Republican governor, Glenn Youngkin, just killed a huge new electric vehicle battery plant that was set to be built by Ford Motor Companies in Virginia and bring at least 2,500 jobs to Virginia, to a rural area of the Commonwealth that could really use those jobs, Governor Yunkin killed that deal because he decided Ford's partnership with a Chinese company was actually a front for the Chinese Communist Party, so he should shut the whole project down. And the 3,500 acre mega site that was created with some $200 million in public taxpayer funding over the past 15 years, that mega site still sits empty. No industry, no jobs for Virginia because uh, a Chinese Communist Party or something. And I know that sounds ridiculous and I wish I was joking about that, but that is actually what has now happened. Because this supposed not insane, theoretically moderate Republican governor in Virginia will likely be running for president. And he needs to appeal to the same insane MAGA base that is driving the Republican House to crash the U.S. economy over pretend performative concerns about spending and the national debt. So now he's jumping in with the China bashing because, you know, that's all the rage. Although, as Desi Doyen pointed out on a program yesterday, Youngkin shutting down a Ford Motor Company EV battery plant could also be a move to curry favor with the fossil fuel industry and their push to try and kill the electric vehicle boom that is now underway. And speaking of both the fossil fuel industry and supposedly not-insane moderate Republican governors, well... Another one of them is supposed to be Ohio's governor, Mike DeWine. Uh, But as Desi will explain (laughs) a little bit later in this hour in her latest Green News report, DeWine and the rest of the Republicans in Ohio are now uh, sinking into their latest all-new fossil fuel industry-related dark money money scandal. I say latest because the previous one in Ohio... Is still ongoing. Yep. In fact, one of its ringleaders, perhaps the main ringleader, the former Republican House Speaker in Ohio, who was finally expelled from the House due to this bribery scandal, is now beginning his federal trial. It's a more than $60 million bribery scandal. We will get you up to date on that trial, how it could affect Recently re-elected Governor DeWine in Ohio and how a uh, different new bill, also signed recently by Ohio's supposedly moderate Republican governor on voting, has now served to tick off members of the U.S. military. Oops, all of that and maybe more is ahead on today's broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. The Bradcast Brad Friedman from bradvlog.com Nobody dead in Ohio Uh, and speaking of we'll get to that in a moment but sadly singer-songwriter guitarist David Crosby a founding member Of two popular and enormously influential 60s rock units, the Birds and Crosby, Stills, and Nash, later Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, has died. He was 81 years old. This news uh, just came over the wires here as we were uh, on break. His wife released a statement to Variety, writing, It is with great sadness after a long illness that our beloved David Crosby has passed away He was lovingly surrounded by wife and soulmate Jan and son Django. Although he is no longer here with us, his humanity and kind soul will continue to guide and inspire us. His legacy will continue to live on through his legendary music, peace, love, and harmony to all who knew David and those he touched.
1: That's very touching and sad, but 81 is is a nice long life.
0: Speaking of Ohio, as I had intended to do, Ohio's Republican former House Speaker Larry Householder goes on trial next week in the highest profile reckoning yet to arise from a $60 million federal bribery investigation. The federal prosecutors call the largest corruption case in state history. And since we're talking about Ohio, that is saying something. (laughs) The two and a half years since the Republicans' arrest have seen the toppling of a Fortune 500 energy company's CEO and other executives, the resignation of Ohio's top utility regulator amid FBI scrutiny, and householders' ouster as Speaker of the House, and his subsequent expulsion as state representative. The first such expulsion in Ohio in 150 years. So, yeah, this is a pretty big scandal. At the same time, emerging details have brought this case ever closer to the office of recently re-elected Ohio Governor Mike DeWine, the supposedly not insane moderate Republican Mike DeWine. An indictment alleged that Householder, former Ohio Republican Party Chair Matt Borges, and three other people And a dark money 501c4 group called Generation Now orchestrated an elaborate scheme secretly funded by First Energy. That's the huge Fortune 500 energy company to secure householders power, elect his allies, pass legislation containing a one billion dollar bailout for two aging nuclear power plants and a coal plant, by the way, which seems to fall out of a lot of the coverage of this story, and then vex a ballot effort in Ohio that was hoping to overturn this particular bill, and they were hoping to vex that effort with a dirty tricks campaign. Under a deal to avoid prosecution, the Akron-based First Energy Corporation admitted to using dark money groups to fund the scheme and bribing the utility regulator. It also fired half a dozen executives and it regrouped surcharges slated to be tacked on to electricity bills statewide for Ohio ratepayers to pay for this massive bailout. Well, that was eventually eliminated. Yes, they were going to charge ratepayers for all of this to bail out these uh, nuclear and, and coal plants. So that was eventually uh, repealed in at least a partial repeal of the legislation after this news all broke. It was repealed back in partially repealed in 2021 after the initial bill was signed to do all of this. Originally, it was signed within hours of passage by, yes, Governor DeWine, who this week, as Desi will explain in a bit in her (laughs) Green News report, may have done the same thing again. This time on behalf of the natural gas industry. Back to Householder here. Two Householder associates and a related nonprofit pleaded guilty to their roles, and they await sentencing. A third defendant who pleaded not guilty died by suicide. And now a jury to be selected Friday in Cincinnati must decide whether Householder and Borges— Again, the head of the state Republican Party are guilty of conspiracy to participate in a racketeering enterprise involving bribery and money laundering. They pleaded not guilty and they maintain their innocence. But good luck with that. There is a lot of evidence in this case, including audio evidence, phone calls. I think we uh, played some of that when this originally broke uh, a year or two ago. Each of those two men faces up to 20 years in prison if convicted. The criminal prosecution began under a U.S. attorney appointed by former President Donald Trump, a Republican, and is now proceeding under a successor appointed by Democratic President Joe Biden. Campaign finance experts view this particular case as an opportunity for the federal government to clarify where the line sits between legal and illegal handling of the untraceable dark money that has flooded politics in recent years, particularly since the landmark Citizens United versus FEC decision by the U.S. Supreme Court. Oh, that's good to know. There is a line. There's a line between the illegal and illegal handling of untraceable dark money. Who knew? Well, we'll see. We'll see how the trial goes. Householders' attorneys have sought to argue that the scheme described by prosecutors was nothing more than business as usual. It was a way to advance his leadership aspirations. It was not unlike those that are employed by U.S. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, a Democrat, or Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, a Republican. Prosecutors plan to use recorded phone calls, text messages, emails, witness testimony, and documentary evidence to prove that Householder entered into what one co-conspirator described as a, quote, unholy alliance with First Energy. Again, a huge U.S. energy conglomerate based in Ohio. Prosecutors say it amounted to an illegal racketeering scheme. The legislation At the heart of this scandal, the ironically named Ohio Clean Air Program bill. It's very Orwellian. It is. It included a $1 billion bailout for two nuclear power plants operated at the time by a wholly owned First Energy subsidiary.
1: Now, the reason why they required this bailout Mm. was because at the time renewable energy, as it is now, is so much cheaper than fossil energy that the nuclear power plants that First Energy owned and their coal plant were uneconomical.
0: The payoff arrangement here came together right after a private flight that First Energy had apparently provided to Householder and to his son uh, to go to Trump's 2017 inauguration. Hmm. Where, by the way, you can give as much money as you want to the inaugural committees. Uh, Huge companies can do that. There is no limit. You can give as much money as you want because it's just for the inauguration. It's not bribery. There's a hard line somewhere in there between that and bribery, right? Right. Anyway, uh, one uh, soon after that trip, one million dollars from First Energy began flowing to a pack that was controlled by Householder in two hundred and fifty thousand dollar increments. So, you know, who would notice that cash and more were used to elect a slate of Householder backed candidates in twenty eighteen and to win him the speakership for the second time in his career, according to prosecutors. Next, the Householder-controlled House passed the energy bill in t- July of 2019. And yes, DeWine signed it hours later, raising ratepayers' rates to bail out First Energy's nuclear plants and a coal-fired power plant. First Energy subsequently spent around $38 million for a nasty campaign to, pre- to prevent the new law's opponents ...from putting a repeal referendum on the ballot. That included intimidation and payoffs of signature gatherers, among other things, according to prosecutors. But here's the thing, and perhaps this is why DeWine and Ohio Republicans now appear to be in a similar new scandal with the natural gas industry. Politically, the scandal appears to have done no damage to the Republican brand in Ohio. A year out from Householder's arrest, Ohio Democrats hoped the scandal might somehow taint Republican candidates in Ohio in the 2020 midterm elections. But that did not happen, at least in Ohio, apparently. Governor DeWine, the not insane moderate Republican, as we are told, well, he led the GOP's entire statewide ticket to reelection. In November. And Republicans actually picked up even stronger supermajorities in both chambers of the legislature.
1: So that will make it that much harder for voters to oust them in the next election. It
0: will. But it also, uh, you know, raises the question of what does it take? What does it take to uh, to shame these people? And if they pay no price for any of this, well, they will keep doing it, which is apparently what they're doing. Democratic strategist Dale Butland told uh, AP, quote, Back in the day when we were a competitive state, some indictment like this with a lobbyist and the former chair of the Ohio Republican Party, this would have been an earthquake, he said. Now it's barely a ripple. It's kind of amazing. But before we get to another fossil fuel industry, dark money related ripple slash scandal in Ohio, just the newest one, apparently, Uh, that'll be in Desi's Green News report. But here's another ripple for Ohio's supposedly moderate governor, Mike DeWine, regarding voting and members of the U.S. military who are not happy with a new law that the governor just signed to restrict voting in the Buckeye State. Last week, a new voting restriction bill, a major overhaul of state election laws that was signed by Ohio's uh, DeWine that would make it more difficult in myriad ways for Buckeye staters to cast votes and to have those votes counted as cast. Well, we reported on him signing that new bill. And as I explained at the time, for example, the measure would institute... A newly draconian photo ID restriction, decreasing the types of IDs that are now uh, that can now be used for voting purposes and denying the use of things like bank statements or paycheck stubs or utility bills, for example. That, despite the fact that according to the U.S. Census and the Ohio Bureau of Motor Vehicles, there are nearly one million Ohioans who currently lack the specific type of photo ID that would now be that is now required To vote in the uh, in Ohio, the new voting restrictions also requires voters who want to vote by mail to submit an application at least seven days before the election instead of three previously, making that part of the process more difficult permits permits only one ballot drop box. Per county, no matter how big or small that county may be. And the uh, ballot drop box, by the way, must be installed at the county board of elections office and will only be available for certain hours during the day. Somewhat defeating the purpose of that drop box, it seems to me.
1: Well, that is the point.
0: It eliminates in-person voting on the Monday before the uh, before Election Day and a bunch of other restrictions on voting, even though Ohio officials have said they have no problems with voting or fraud. ...in Ohio in either the 2020 or the 2022 elections. Basically, this is just meant to make it harder for certain people to vote. But they also may have ticked off some folks they didn't want to prevent from voting... ...as the new measure signed by DeWine requires completed mail-in ballots to arrive... ...within four days of the election instead of ten days. So if you mail your ballot two or three days ahead of the election... And it arrives uh, at the the county headquarters, properly uh, dated, postmarked, postmarked well before Election Day.
1: In other words, it meets all the requirements except for this technicality of the post office not delivering it on time. If it
0: does not get there now before four days after the election versus 10... Well, your vote might not be counted at all. In this case, under this bill, it wouldn't be counted at all. You would be disenfranchised. And this is a problem for members of the military stationed overseas. Oops. Ohio's restrictive new election law significantly shortens the window for mailed ballots to be received despite no evidence that the extended timeline had led to any fraud or any other problems. And that change is angering active duty members of the military and their families because of its potential to disenfranchise them. The pace of ballot counting after election day has become a target of Republicans egged on by former president Trump. He has promoted a false narrative since losing the 2020 election that fluctuating results as late arriving mail-in ballots are tallied is some sort of a sign of fraud, which, of course, is ridiculous. If Election Day ballots are counted first on election night in a state, for example, where Republicans tend to vote more at the polls on Election Day than they do by mail. Well, then the first reported results will be Overweighted towards Republican voters. And if the mail in ballots are counted later because they arrive later with a more Democratic demographic, well, then suddenly the GOP advantage in the early tally will be overtaken by Democratic votes. This is not rocket science. Everyone knows how this works. But Donald Trump has pretended this is a sign of Democrats cheating, even apparently in states that they won, like Ohio. Uh, Republican lawmakers said during debate on this legislation that even if Trump's claims aren't true, the skepticism they have caused among so-called conservatives about the accuracy of election results, well, that justifies imposing these new limits. And you need to understand, this has been a game that Republicans have played for years now, successfully. They don't have any actual evidence, of for example, of people going to the polls and voting in the name of someone else. But they have pretended that this is a problem. And though it may be completely untrue, since they're... Followers, their base now believe that it is true because they have been told that they've been lied to about it. Well, they must take action on it and institute strict photo ID restrictions, even if it means that millions of perfectly legal voters won't be able to vote with those new restrictions. Oh, well, oops. What can we do? Our voters are demanding we institute these restrictions and courts have said, well, that's okay. Seriously, the U.S. Supreme Court has said, well, look, it may not be uh, 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 the case, but voters believe it is the case. Therefore, you are justified in taking action. But Ohio's new law also reduces the number of days for county election boards to receive mail ballots to be included in their tallies from 10 days after Election Day to just four. And according to critics, that's going to lead to more ballots from Ohio's military voters missing the deadline and getting tossed. Sadly, this issue is not confined to Ohio. Three other states have narrowed their post-election windows for accepting mail ballots. In the last session, according to data from the nonpartisan voting rights lab. So the and similar uh, moves, they note, are also being pushed by Republican lawmakers in other states as well. Apparently, they don't even care anymore if it affects uh, members of the military serving overseas, because this also affects, you know, non-military Americans living overseas. And I guess they think that they're in the end, they're likely, uh, you know, to lose more democratic votes than they will Republicans, so they don't care.
1: yeah, it's their cost benefit analysis. You know, it's okay with them if they uh, disenfranchise some of their voters because they believe overall they'll win in the end.
0: That's what they seem to appear uh, appear to believe. Now, apparently, the uh, mail ballots, this will just affect, Several hundred of the thousands of military and overseas ballots received in any election, but voting rights advocates argue that any number unnecessarily disenfranchised is too great. Of course, I agree. Uh, Willis Gordon, a Navy veteran and Veterans Affairs chair of the Ohio NAACP, said, What kind of society do we call ourselves if we are disenfranchising people from the rights that they are over there protecting? Well, Republican State Senator Teresa Gavarone, who championed this tightened ballot deadline, she said Ohio's military and overseas voters still have ample time under the law. She says uh, this new law drastically enhances Ohio's election security and improves the integrity of our elections, which my constituents and citizens across the state have demanded, she said. Republicans claim that Ohio needs to clamp down in the name of election integrity. But that runs counter to the GOP officials glowing assessment, GOP officials glowing assessments of the state's current system. Ohio reported what they described as a near perfect tally of its 2020 presidential election results, for example. Boards of election uh, data in the state's most populous county, that includes the capital city of Columbus, say that uh, nearly 40% of late-arriving ballots arrived more than four days later. They would have been rejected had the new law been in effect over the last couple of elections. Former state rep Connie Pilich, an Air Force vet, who leads the Ohio Democratic Party's outreach to veterans and military families, rejects the argument that a relatively small number of affected ballots, again, it would be just hundreds in theory, just hundreds, in at least in Columbus, for example, she says uh, she rejects the idea that it's worth the trade-off. These guys and gals are stationed overseas, living in the sandbox or wherever they are, doing their jobs, putting themselves in harm's way. You're making it harder for them to participate, she said. Uh, She led an unsuccessful effort to have GOP Governor Mike DeWine veto the bill. She said, I can tell you, everyone I have talked to is livid and upset. And this is uh, spreading nationwide. Uh, A little more than uh, almost a a million military and overseas ballots were cast in 2020. And we're going to see more and more of them uh, disenfranchised as this happens in more and more states controlled by Republicans. Uh, It is absolutely maddening. Uh, The uh, Secure Families Initiative, a national nonpartisan group advocating for military voters and their families, they're trying to push state election laws in the other direction toward more access The group's communications director said they were deeply disappointed to see DeWine sign this Ohio bill. And there's another concern that I've heard from voting system and election experts. Uh, This will be used now as an excuse to expand Internet voting, which cannot be secured. Once again, Create a problem, real or imagined, and then fix it with something that makes our democracy less accessible and less secure. Oh, the military folks can't get their ballots back in time. Well, let's just let them vote via the Internet. So this is another perfect storm brewing. I wanted to get it on your radar. And while I would like to think that voters would hold Ohio Republicans and Mike DeWine accountable for this. Well, the evidence that we have in recent years uh, sort of shows the opposite. But wait, there's more scandal for Ohio's totally reasonable, totally moderate, not corrupt at all Governor Mike DeWine. That is finally next on Desi Doyen's latest Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman, and you are listening to The Bradcast. You know, I I feel like in some ways the last, oh, I don't know, 20, 25 minutes on this program have sort of been an introduction to uh, the uh, dirty, filthy, uh, corrupt Ohio politics and its corrupt Republican Governor Mike DeWine, as you'll hear in our latest Green News Report.
1: We know that we have a small window to invest in clean energy and innovation And clean tech? European Union unveils Green Deal Industrial Plan to catch up to America's Inflation Reduction Act. German police crack down on anti-coal protest. Plus...
0: They write it up, they send it to Ohio, and Mike DeWine and the lawmakers click their heels and say, yes, sir.
1: Dark money groups led Ohio Republicans to redefine natural gas as green energy.
0: (laughs) All of those... Three definitions of reality and more straight ahead from bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman.
1: And I'm Desi Doyen.
0: Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. We kept asking questions. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Why aren't you vetoing it? And now we find out they're just puppets. There's a marioneteer in another state that is just making them do the dance. What's the point of an election? The point is to get the puppets elected in Ohio. And they're doing pretty good at it. This is your Green News Report. I'm
1: gonna soak up the sun.
0: Okay, Desi Dorian, this story out of Ohio is blowing my mind. It comes not long after a huge scandal from the nuclear and coal industry, and now it's the natural gas. Man, is there any Republican in Ohio who can't be bought off? (laughs) Well, we'll
1: find out in a moment. But first, in Germany, Swedish teen climate activist Greta Thunberg was detained and released by police this week at a protest against expansion of a controversial coal mine that will destroy the historic village. Village of Lutzerat. German officials say the coal is needed to address fossil energy shortages caused by Russia's brutal invasion of Ukraine. The demolition of Lutzerat is part of a compromise deal reached between the government and energy giant RWE last year, allowing the company to destroy the village in return for agreeing to end its coal use by 2030 rather than 2038.
0: They're destroying the village in order to save it?
1: That's the theory. A new report reveals banks are still financing dirty fossil fuel projects despite their public pledges to stop. Banking giant HSBC made a secretive $340 million loan to RWE, the fossil energy company that is bulldozing that village, just three months after HSBC pledged to phase out coal funding.
0: HSBC is the worst.
1: The new report by a coalition of major environmental groups called Banking on Climate Chaos shows the world's biggest banks are still heavily investing in fossil fuels, despite very public pledges to target net zero emissions. The top dirty dozen financial institutions include J.P. Morgan Chase, Wells Fargo, and HSBC. The report also found that since the adoption of the Paris Agreement six years ago, the world's largest banks have collectively given fossil fuel companies $4.6 trillion in funding.
0: And given the rest of us, the finger.
1: Meanwhile, in Ohio,
0: some rich guys in another state got together and said, We want to change natural gas to get a bit of different definition because it suits our wealthy purposes.
1: <laughs> That's Cleveland Plain Dealer editor Chris Quinn talking about how Ohio's Republican-controlled state legislature has falsely redefined polluting natural gas as green energy, <laughs> despite the fact that it is a significant contributor to man-made global warming. Unbelievable. Documents uncovered by Utility Watchdog Energy and Policy Institute show that the Orwellian language signed into law by Ohio. Ohio's Republican Governor Mike DeWine is the culmination of a dark money campaign by the American Legislative Exchange Council and other dark money groups to protect the fossil fuel industry. Now,
0: that part. Totally believable.
1: The new law also expands oil drilling in the state's parks. Be aware the dark money groups are taking their disinformation campaign to other states. I'm
0: serious. They just you know, ran the Speaker of the House out of Ohio because he took tens of millions of dollars from the nuclear and coal industry. Now they're shoveling in money from the natural gas industry. Is there anything you cannot buy off an Ohio Republican to do at this point?
1: Finally, the European Union this week unveiled a major clean tech industrial plan to accelerate deployment of renewable energy manufacturing as a counterweight to President Biden and the Democrats' landmark Inflation Reduction Act, which contains billions in subsidies for U.S.-based manufacturing. At the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland this week, European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen said it was important to avoid switching dependence on Russian fossil fuels with dependence on China for raw materials. We see aggressive attempts to attract our industrial capacities away to China and elsewhere. We have a compelling need to make this net zero transition without creating new dependency. We've learned our lessons from the fossil fuels.
0: Have we? Have we learned our lessons I'm not yet sure, especially in Ohio. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. When will we ever learn? Never. We will never learn. (laughs) We will never learn, especially... In Ohio, apparently.
1: Well, especially now that voters have an even more difficult hurdle to uh, to pass over in order to oust any of these Republicans who now have a supermajority in the mm-hmm. state legislature yeah. and have gerrymandered that state within an inch of its life.
0: And they have actually passed a bill signed by Mike DeWine that says... Uh, Natural gas is a green Energy source Which is nuts Of course it's nuts It's unbelievably dangerous It gives off methane Which is a as you noted, a, a, a potent
1: greenhouse correct. gas, more potent than carbon dioxide over a 20-year period before methane uh, did disintegrates in the mm-hmm. atmosphere. So yeah, it's really really important that uh, Ohio not do this, but they did it anyway. But they
0: did it anyway. Now you you referred to dark money uh, groups that were pushing Dewine to do this. What how did this even happen?
1: Well, so I, so just to be clear, dark yeah. money groups for people who don't know, dark money groups are nonprofit groups who can receive unlimited funds from any mm-hmm. donor, right. and it is untraceable. They are not required to uh, disclose who gave them all that money, mm-hmm. and they can then use that money to donate to candidates, to donate to other nonprofit groups, to buy, uh, to support candidates, and to support ballot initiatives just, and stuff like that. Just
0: as what happened with First Energy when they gave a million dollars to that uh, dark money uh, group of that pack of, of right. uh, Larry Householder who's now facing federal bribery exactly charges. And
1: that pack created all these other little tiny nonprofit groups, and so did Householder himself, all these other little nonprofit groups that seeded money everywhere to elect the people that Householder wanted who would support his bribery scheme. And so they
0: did the same thing here, even though all of these people were arrested and everything else? Yeah.
1: Why would they stop, as you noted (laughs) in your previous segments, that there have been no consequences? So yes, this group called the Empowerment Alliance. They apparently were started by a couple in Ohio that own a national Natural gas compressor manufacturing uh, company, mm-hmm. and so of course they are going to spend all the money they can mm-hmm. in all the ways that they're allowed to do so, and in some cases illegally, uh, to to in- ensure that they still have the profits from the natural gas industry in Ohio, and make sure that their company continues to make money.
0: And if they are labeled a green energy, does that mean they'll be able to uh, get money, for example, from the Inflation Reduction Act, it can. The infrastructure it can. bill, so forth,
1: it can make certain projects uh, more more able to qualify mm-hmm. for renewable energy funding and incentives. It also helps Republicans to uh, fight against the this uh, particular kind of financial industry investment principle called ESG, environment, mm. social, and governance, which Republicans um, in many states are attacking right now because. It basically requires financial institutions to be smart about how they invest their money mm-hmm. according to climate change and right. make sure that they're not being stupid. And Republicans want to remove those guidances because they want the banks to invest in very volatile natural gas yep. and fossil fuels.
0: And Ron DeSantis has said that uh, any banks who do that, while they're woke banks, he's going to make it illegal for them to even consider the environmental impacts of financial investments by right. these big banks. Unbelievable. We've got to get out. Thank you very much Desi joy Thanks to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. It is always greatly appreciated. If you missed any portion of today's program, you can download it anytime for free along with all the other ones we've ever done at bradblog.com. There is no firewall for that. Uh, I'm sorry, paywall for that. <laughs> so you can download it anytime for free. You can share it with your friends, your families, your enemies. Uh, the governors of Ohio, Florida, Virginia, take your pick. You can drop me email. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. On the Facebooks and the Twitters and the Mastodons, you will find me at the TheBradBlog. We'll see you there. Till we see you here next time, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.
1: Why do we settle for so little with nothing in return?